0: Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner.
0: Gene! Gene Fodor.
2: Gene, was good?
1: But be careful. Because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano!
3: Huh? Oh! Gene, run!
1: Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: I'm waiting outside the Stumptown Coffee Roaster's at the portland international airport and i look like a douchebag because i'm wearing sweatpants and my yellow knit hat and i have headphones over them and i have a recorder and i look like a, a guy making a podcast in america in 2021 Ever since I started this project, I have been wanting to go to a very special place. That den of dreams, that wilderness of wonder, that magical mass of majesty in this maze of mystery, Scottsdale, Arizona.
2: This will be your armchair vacation and mine to the Valley of the Sun.
4: Before I started this project, I thought Scottsdale, Arizona was the southwest mecca for retirees. And I was right. Right. But it's also the place where Svetlana Aleluyeva's life would change forever. How exactly she wound up there, and why she would end up staying, has always mystified me, no matter how many times I read her books or pored over her letters. So now, I'm traveling in her footsteps to find out exactly what happened. All right, here we go. First time for everything. I'm Dan Katroser, and this is Svetlana Svetlana. We are waiting for you here. Now, before we all go with Svetlana to Arizona, I need to tell you one small detail. I want you to remember that Svetlana's grandmother's name was Olga. Everybody got that? Okay, put it in your pocket. Forget about it. We'll come back to it later. When we last left Svetlana, she was in Princeton, New Jersey, reeling from a broken relationship and a KGB smear campaign, but also celebrating the release of her second book called Only One Year. The book is a small triumph, written, translated, and published on Svetlana's terms.
5: I was very happy settled in Princeton. I just published two books. I had friends. I had was planning next book. I was planning to go to... Hawaii in summer, I had my own, I was first time in my life doing what I wanted.
4: She still misses her children and doesn't know when or if she'll be able to see them. But Svetlana is trying her best to focus on the future. She gets a driver's license, she buys her dream home. Alone in the quiet of her beloved house, she spends her days chit-chatting with locals and answering letters from people all over the country. Regular, everyday Americans can't stop telling her how much they admire her and connect with her, sharing deep thoughts about their own families and histories and feelings. Here she is that fall.
5: Well, I got uh, several uh, marriage proposals, and <laughs> some accompanied st- by photographs. And yes, details. yes, accompanied by photographs. And uh, uh, have you ended? Uh, uh, replied to any of these? Oh well, I did not reply because I felt. Uh, I feel just funny about about the idea.
4: (laughs) But then there's one letter that stands out among the rest. It's on trifolded stationery with oversized cursive handwriting from a woman on the other side of the country who has read her book and found it extraordinarily powerful. We found a copy of this letter at Columbia University's Avery Archives. The woman, by the way, is from Montenegro. So she sounds like a vampire. Dear Svetlana, I have been thinking of you ever since I read your beautiful book only one year. It is hard to believe that after so much sorrow, you have emerged pure in spirit. But I suppose those fearful experiences one suffers strengthens the soul no matter how high the price. The letter, one of a series of letters, phone calls, and telegrams, contains a cordial invitation to a place Svetlana's never heard of called Taliesin West. And it's signed, with love, Vanna Lloyd Wright. Vanna Lloyd Wright? As in Frank Lloyd Wright, the great American architect? But who is this Vanna? And what is Taliesin West? Svetlana has heard of neither. Olga Vanna, as Svetlana comes to find, is the third wife of Frank Lloyd Wright, married to him for more than 30 years until his death in 1959. Here's what Olga Vanna actually sounds like, talking to a TV news interviewer in 1966.
5: I was born in Sotinia, Montenegro, I was trying to identify her slight accent, but she says she wants to lose, but which I find very
4: charming. My accent was pretty good, right? Olga Vanna Lloyd Wright is adamant that Svetlana Aleluyeva, Joseph Stalin's daughter, come to Arizona for a visit. And she's not the only one. Here's Svetlana.
5: Every member of the fellowship wrote me a letter. Every member.
4: A fellowship? What is this, Lord of the Rings? Was Gandalf there? And Samwise? I tried to read the Lord of the Rings trilogy for this podcast and found nothing. Turns out it's a completely different fellowship. You're welcome. I just saved y'all a thousand pages worth of orcs. But this fellowship was founded by Frank Lloyd Wright and his wife, Olga Vanna. And there's even a book about it called The Fellowship, written by Harold Zellman and Roger Friedland. My producer, Adam, and I tracked them down. Yeah, I feel like Adam and I were looking we're we're, we're looking into our future. We're so excited. Just <laughs> You mean you mean old? old? No, just just two other Jews who are excited about Frank Lloyd Wright. Oh,
2: okay.
1: All right. Yeah. Yeah, the the, uh, the Jews and the anti-semites. Fantastic.
4: We'll hear from Harold and Roger a lot throughout this podcast, as well as an interview they recorded with Svetlana in 2000 while writing their book.
5: How did you feel about Mrs. Wright? Mrs. Wright bombarded me. She, she bombarded me with letters and finally telephone calls. When are you coming? You must come. You must come here.
4: Olga Vana was pitching Svetlana hard. She sent press pieces and literature about her community of like-minded architects and artists who lived and worked together, supporting Frank Lloyd Wright's vision during his life and carrying it on after his death. Svetlana didn't know much about architecture, and before I started this project, I didn't really know much about architecture either. Like, I know walls, doors, windows, but how and why they fit together, twas a mystery. And Frank Lloyd Wright, well, he was the only architect I knew by name, which must mean that he was pretty good, right?
2: The Encyclopedia Britannica says it flat out. Frank Lloyd Wright was the most abundantly creative genius of American architecture.
4: Svetlana was receiving literature about the wonders of Frank Lloyd Wright's universe And I assume she was slowly but surely learning bits and pieces about Wright the same way I was. That his most iconic founding principle was what he called organic architecture, believing buildings should emerge from the ecosystem, both in materials and design. Wright didn't like the idea of a castle on top of a hill, but thought a house should be built around its base or on its brow. It's why he named his Wisconsin home, the Fellowship's headquarters, Taliesin, which in his ancestral Welsh means shining brow. As a bald person, I feel seen. Svetlana probably also found out that Wright was dead. He had died a decade earlier, and many of his apprentices and their spouses still lived together with Olga Vanna and her daughter Yovana, spending summers at Taliesin in Spring Green, Wisconsin, and winters in Scottsdale, Arizona, at Wright's desert home, Taliesin West.
2: This is the mecca of American architecture. For more than 40 years, Taliesin has molded young Americans people who have gone on to change the face of the earth.
4: What Olga Vana was sure to impress upon Svetlana is that Taliesin was not just an architecture laboratory. It was a fully self-sustained community where you studied, worked, socialized, even cooked together.
2: As part of their life at Taliesin, students sometimes switch from gathering stones to baking scones. So what kind of biscuits are those going to
4: be, Jerry? They're scones. In case you couldn't hear that, Jerry's making scones. That's the thing that Svetlana and I are learning before we even set foot in the joint, that creativity in all forms was required. Fellows were not only architects and accomplished scone makers, but painters, sculptors, dancers, musicians, and, judging by the photos, hotties. ¶¶¶¶¶¶¶¶¶¶¶¶¶¶¶¶¶¶¶¶¶¶¶¶¶¶¶¶¶¶¶¶¶¶¶¶¶¶¶¶¶¶¶¶¶¶¶¶¶¶¶¶¶¶¶¶¶¶
2: they put aside their protractors and pickaxes in the evenings and dress up for dinner.
4: But scones, pickaxes, and protractors cost money. And with Frank Lloyd Wright dead and buried, it was up to Olgavana to keep the operation alive she was constantly fundraising and publicizing. Taliesin sustained itself on free labor, fellowship tuition, architectural commissions, and donations from wealthy benefactors. Olga Vana had become the protector of her husband's legacy and vision.
2: Only a few new students are admitted each year. Candidates are accepted only after Mrs. Wright decides they belong.
4: Olga Vanna was the matriarch, the queen, the CEO, hashtag girlboss. So this is the woman that keeps beckoning Svetlana to come to the desert. And the Taliesin letters keep coming. They send her photographs of the compound. Every member of the fellowship writes to her. One person I talked to said they even sent her a silver necklace. But it wasn't the jewelry that pushed Svetlana over the edge. It was something deeper, something richer, something profound Here's Svetlana again.
5: Svetlana, something was about my name. Svetlana was some kind of a mysterious thing, you know, comes Svetlana from Russia. We are, my family, we are from Georgia, and Mrs. Wright lived in Georgia, and her first Svetlana was born there in Tiflis. So as Mrs. Wright said, there are karmic ways.
4: Wait, what? Did she just say her first Svetlana?
5: Mrs. Wright lived in Georgia and her first Svetlana was born there in Tiflis.
4: Tiflis? Karma? Another Svetlana? That's right. Or shall I say, that's right, with a W? Not all jokes work in podcasts. But here's the tea. Olga Vanna had a daughter who died in a car crash some 25 years earlier, and her name was Svetlana. And now, in 1970, Olga Vanna seems to believe that Svetlana, our Svetlana, might in fact be, in some weird cosmic way, a reincarnation of her dead daughter, Svetlana. Confused? Great! Me too. And it's about to get even confusier because Olga Vanna's name is not really Olga Vanna. That's a nickname. Her first name is actually Olga. And do you remember when I told you to put Svetlana's grandmother's name in your pocket? Well, it's time to fish it out. What was Svetlana's grandmother's name? Olga! So, Svetlana's grandmother's name was Olga, and Olgavana's daughter's name was Svetlana. There are two Svetlanas, two Olgas. Oh, and want some more bullshit with names? Well, when the first Svetlana died in that car crash, her two-year-old son died with her. And do you know what his name was? Daniel. And that's my name. Coincidence? Not if you're gay. So there are two Olgas, two Svetlanas, two Daniels. And what does all of this mean? It means that in Olga Vana's mind, because Svetlana had a dead grandma named Olga, and because Olga Vana had a dead daughter named Svetlana, the two were fated to meet. It was destiny. And this, this story of multiple Olgas and multiple Svetlanas This is what set my imagination aflame when I found out about the story seven years ago. I knew from the moment I heard about all these Russian names that I I had to write a play about them. I needed to know what happened when these two worlds collided. By early March, Svetlana finally accepts the invitation. She had always wanted to travel to the West Coast, so she decides she'll go to Taliesin West for one week then make her way to California and Hawaii.
5: I had money, I could buy the ticket and go wherever I wanted. So I said, all right, I'll go and meet her because she's so persistent.
4: So finally, on March 15th, 1970, Svetlana gets on a plane and makes her way to the Phoenix International Airport. She flies over the stretches of farmland of the Midwest, the grains of the plains, the rivers and the Rockies, until she touches down in the desert. She had never been to the desert before. When she emerged from the airport, the sun must have smacked her in the face. But once her eyes settled, they would have found a perky brunette about her age, standing by a bright red sports car ready to take her to her destiny. In November of 2021, I decided to go to Taliesin West in Scottsdale, Arizona myself. Here I am stepping out of the airport and into the sun. Okay. If I get a red car, that's, you know, that's a sign. They're booking it. And it's white. It is a white Honda Odyssey. So begins my Taliesin Odyssey, in my Honda Odyssey. More
1: after the break. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner.
2: Gene! Eugene Fodor. Gene, was good.
1: Much of the joy you will find on the road comes from the person you share it with.
0: So you ride the books, Gene. Last on the business. I understand now
1: Listen to Fodor's
3: Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. When the Taliban banned music in Afghanistan, millions were plunged into silence. Radios were smashed. Cassettes burned. You could be beaten or jailed or killed for breaking the rules. And yet, Afghans did it anyway.
0: Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: Act 2. I hope you will be my sister. Oh, there's my Honda Odyssey. Long? Chief, huh? I'm Dan. Yes, voice. Hi. Are we going to Taliesin? Let me see. Are you long? Arizona, Belmore? No, wait, I'm the wrong person. There's two white Hondas. Svetlana's journey begins a little more glamorously. She sees her first, Yavana Lloyd Wright, Olga Vanna's daughter. She's wearing a brightly colored short dress. she has long curly brown hair that looks like it has been tossed by the wind, a thin frame and an excited grin. She has plenty of makeup on, lashes, and eyeliner. And then Yovana's perfectly done eyes land on Svet. "Svetlana!" she cries loudly, maybe too loudly, and runs over to Svetlana, enveloping her in a long, maybe too long, hug. This makes Svetlana slightly uncomfortable. She grew up in Soviet Russia without a mother. Long, emotive hugs in public weren't exactly commonplace. But Svetlana is polite. She hugs back, and moments later, Yovana welcomes her into her bright red sports car and begins to drive. Hi. Are you long? I went. There's another white van, minivan I went into. Oh, you did. Yeah. Yavanna is loud and bossy and takes to the highway like she owns the road, zooming well past whatever the speed limit is. While Svetlana takes in the epic sky, the lavender mountains in the backdrop, the stretches of sand polka-dotted with saguaro cacti, Yavanna mentions her deceased sister Svetlana and says to our Svetlana, I hope you will be my sister. I have to be honest, that sounds creepy to me but maybe Svetlana felt differently? Here's Rosemary Sullivan.
5: I would say at that moment, this is a fun adventure. And having this young woman sit beside her and say, uh, you know, you could be my sister.
4: Uh, (laughs) I don't know
5: that you would have taken it that seriously.
4: And truly, at this moment, Svetlana is more focused on the road. Today, Route 101 is a two-lane highway from Phoenix to Scottsdale. But back in 1970, it was a one-way road. If another car was coming your way, good luck. As Yovana cranks up the speed, Svetlana compulsively presses her foot down to a phantom brake. Yovana notices her passenger's terror and nonchalantly says, Oh, we always speed through these spaces. And then she laughs. Ha ha ha. And then Svetlana laughs. Ha ha ha. Ha ha ha. They finally take the exit off of 101 to Scottsdale. They pass suburban homes and orange groves and make the turn onto Frank Lloyd Wright Boulevard, the dividing line between residential Scottsdale and Taliesin West. The car turns up a slow, winding, graveled path. It's probably about a mile from the boulevard, and on either side, you can see the vast expanses of desert. Svetlana said she felt bewitched by all of this. And I have to admit, I was too. <laughs> okay, so this is it. This is Taliesin West. West. Taliesin West. We're going up, we got We're trees on. on either side. We're entering private property, the Franklin Wright Foundation. Um, right, now we got tangles of cactus, cacti, and shrubs. It looks like a movie set. Svetlana drinks in all of the colors and fragrances of the desert spring. As Yovana drives them up the winding way, Svetlana catches sight of some bright red bougainvilleas, a flower she first came across in India. She hadn't seen the flower since. Was it a sign from her beloved Brejesh reaching out from the other side? Maybe all this talk of a reunion of souls, the two Olgas, the two Svetlanas, I hope you will be my sister, maybe Svetlana is in fact about to be reunited with her mother, who had taken her own life nearly 40 years before. Yovana parks the car, and the two walk through an interlocking maze of short sandstone buildings lined with wooden beams painted in Frank Lloyd Wright's signature burnt orange, a color he called Cherokee Red. Remember, it's not racist if it was before Obama. This was Taliesin West. After they weave through more bushes of bougainvilleas, they probably emerge at the open expanse, at a triangular pool, all of Scottsdale beyond them, mountains behind them, and there, like a mirage in the middle of the desert a semicircle of men in tuxedos and women in brightly colored ball gowns flank a statuesque woman with black hair and twin streaks of white wearing a large turquoise hat. These men and women are the architect apprentices and their spouses, all living and working together here at Taliesin West. And the woman in the center, with penetrating dark eyes, a long swan-like neck and strong jawline, She's one of those women who only gets more beautiful with age. She sparkles. She glows. She's Olga Vanna Lloyd Wright. And Svetlana? She was blown away.
5: I was very, still, you know, very kind of timid and shy and dressed in my very conservative clothes from New Jersey. Yes. And they were all very bright, bejeweled women. And there was Mrs. Wright. Herself, Black, hair and Turquoise
4: hat. Could this woman, a Montenegrin, with her grandmother's name, could this woman be Svetlana's mother? As the men in tuxedos and women in ball gowns look on, Olgavana steps towards Svetlana. In that moment, Svetlana looks for her mother in Olgavana's eyes. But before Svetlana can do or say anything, Olga Vana has wrapped her long-taught dancer's arms around Svetlana in a tight embrace. Clutching her, Olga Vana rocks Svetlana, saying her name over and over again, chanting it like a spell. Svetlana, 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 Svetlana. Here's Svet recalling that moment to Meryl Seacrest. She called
5: me her daughter. The whole thing about my name was played and played again and again. I see. Everybody was
4: supposed to see me as reincarnation of another Svetlana. Reincarnation of another Svetlana. You know, throughout this story, we'll track the many cycles that Svetlana finds herself trapped in. With men, with work, with where she lives. And if episode one was 40 years and episode two is just a couple... This episode is really about a series of moments. Transitional moments. Transcendent moments. And this moment, with Svetlana buried in the arms of another Svetlana's mother, well, this one takes the cake. She's in the middle of the desert, surrounded by dozens of architects who've all been eagerly waiting for her, like she's Jesus, or that pizza you order when you're a little high, and then it comes when you're very high and a motherly figure is embracing her, saying her name over and over again. Svetlana, Svetlana. Could it be possible that after all of her running away, she somehow, finally, come home? More after the break.
1: As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner.
2: Gene! Eugene Fodor! Gene, we'll good?
1: Much of the joy you will find on the road comes from the person you share it with.
0: So you write the books, Gene, and the last the business. I understand now, it is a wise man who marries a wiser woman.
3: Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. When the Taliban banned music in Afghanistan, millions were plunged into silence. Radios were smashed, cassettes burned. You could be beaten or jailed or killed for breaking the rules. And yet, Afghans did it anyway.
0: Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: Act 3, Sad Hot Salsa Guy. I am standing in the courtyard of Taliesin West, we have this incredible sunset that I can hardly believe. I mean, the color, the color of, like, the bright pink-orange clouds against the light blue sky overlooking the Camelback Mountains... The little lights of Scottsdale off in the distance, but like running towards them is a field of shrubs and cacti. It is stunningly beautiful. That's me at the end of my first day at Taliesin West. While on tour there, I learned that a big part of the ethos of the fellowship was, if you need something, you just make it yourself. The architects considered their living quarters a laboratory. The stone buildings with their skylights and exposed beams are candied with sculptures and ornaments and filled with mid-century modern furniture and Japanese art. You can spend hours wandering around the campus, and you'll find surprises everywhere. An iron dragon jutting out in one walkway, a giant pool in another. <laughs> I'd live there. When I walk through Taliesin West... I kept bumping my head everywhere. The walkways and entrances of any Frank Lloyd Wright home or building are always incredibly low. There are two major theories why this is so. Theory number one, Frank Lloyd Wright believed in the idea of compression and release, that when you start your way into a structure, it should be dark, short, narrow, and then when you get into the main room, it should expand extravagantly. The other theory as to why the ceilings were particularly low at Taliesin West was because Frank Lloyd Wright was fucking short. Svetlana isn't exactly wowed by the architecture. She thinks the houses are shallow and low and look like graves. But Taliesin is so much more than its architecture. Svetlana is told that that night, there will be a banquet held for her in her honor. Performances and parties in the evening are a regular event, so Svetlana should gussy up, look fabulous. It's what everyone does at Taliesin. They have plenty of ball gowns Svetlana can borrow if she needs to, but Svetlana refuses. She shows up to the extravagant dining hall in her own simple clothes.
5: They all look like, uh, you know, Christmas trees.
4: And then one peculiarly tall man emerges, sticking out from the rest. Walks
5: in, tall man. Dress. I
4: felt
5: outrageous. <laughs> pop- sand colour. Sand colour. Yes, yeah. And lavender
4: shirt. Oh. This man's name is William Wesley Peters, but everybody calls him Wes. Wes was Frank Lloyd Wright's very first apprentice at the fellowship, having joined when he was just 19. He's 57 years old now and is the lead architect of the firm. Everyone knows him, everyone loves him.
5: He was a very charming man, there's no doubt about it, but uh, he didn't, uh, he was silent. A silent, tall, charming man, that's what he was.
4: Svetlana is taken by this shy, sad man. When she helps herself to the Mexican catering, he utters his first words to her.
5: And here he spoke first time because I was putting salsa bravo. And he- this sauce
4: is very hot. Yeah, careful. The salsa might be hot, but this meat cute is definitely mild. But, quick question was he very, very pleasant?
5: He was very, very pleasant.
4: Oh, cool, cool, cool. That's what I thought.
5: His face was very sad. He mm. had big lines, mm. you know, deep lines. Very good face. He showed no interest to me. Mrs. Wright was pushing it because. She looked at us, and she said, I am so glad that Wes and Svetlana finally met. Oh, and anyway, it was silence.
4: If you couldn't hear that, what Olgavana says is, I'm so glad that Wes and Svetlana finally met. It's been a long time since Wes sat with a woman. His own wife had died some 25 years earlier. And can you guess who his wife was? That's right. The man that our Svetlana is sitting next to at this wild Mexican banquet held in a concrete hexagon in the middle of the desert was married to the first Svetlana, the dead one.
5: Everybody looked at us because Western Svetlana, it had meaning for mm-hmm. them, you know, Western mm-hmm. Oh, this is a momentous meeting. Wes is meeting another step Yeah, yes, but he Wes is meeting a substitute. Th- th- his, well, th- that's what she
4: meant. All of this happens on day one. She's at this fabulous party, driven there by a woman who says that she could be her sister, hosted by another woman who says that she could be her mother, and sitting next to a man who had been married to a woman with her name. And she's surrounded by all of these people who have devoted their lives to art. How different this must have been from Soviet Russia, where writers were regularly censored and imprisoned. It must have been weird, but it also must have been exhilarating. The next day, Olgavana puts Wes in charge of chauffeuring Svetlana around. He drives her in his Cadillac through downtown Scottsdale. Here's Cassie again, reading Svetlana's words.
5: Smoothly rolling along the straight highway through the flat, rocky valley, I suddenly felt security and peace near this man, something I had not experienced for a long time. I watched him with a
0: very keen eye and found nothing I could not like.
5: It was a long, wordless trip, about twenty minutes long, but... It meant a lot to me.
4: While the Cadillac rumbles through Scottsdale, Svetlana can read into Wes's silence. He's holding tragedy. The loss of his own Svetlana and their baby Daniel. That sadness, that sense of loss. Svetlana isn't afraid of it. She's drawn to it.
5: Svetlana found herself falling in love with Wes, and apparently there was an erotic attraction. Uh, And he was so... So sad, so poignant. When you are attracted by someone's sadness, it's because you think you can heal them.
4: The week rumbles by like that Cadillac, flashy and jaw dropping. Every week at Taliesin was filled with any number of cocktail parties and performances, Olga Vanna holding court, breakfast, lunch, and dinner with her spiritual talks. There are some recordings of those talks. I've listened to them. They're slow and deliberate and maybe all over the place. But still, her meditative quality makes you think you're listening to genius.
5: Live as richly as you can, provided you hurt no one, including yourself.
4: Or Tony Robbins? And
5: don't let yourself go too far and too deep into the criticism. Then you drop into the mire and pretty soon you are pulled out.
4: Or maybe a prophecy?
5: If you do not see it and strive to go in the direction of the interior line, you'll be constantly returning and returning back to the same Earth.
4: Svetlana doesn't know quite what to make of it all. She's drawn to this place, but maybe wary of it too. She'd fought so hard for her freedom in Princeton, but suddenly she's being pulled into a beautiful world run by an enchanting woman and charmed by a sad hot salsa guy. It must've all felt like a dream, but something was weighing on her mind. Is this all too good to be true?
5: something
4: about it, something about it. I have to be careful, I have to be careful. Mm. And she's right. Because guys, two weeks later, she and Wes will be married. And she will no longer be Svetlana Aleluyeva. She will become Svetlana Peters, the same name as Wes's dead wife. On the next episode of Svetlana Svetlana... Svetlana Svetlana is a production of iHeart Podcasts and The Documentary Group. I'm your host, Dan Katroser. The show is written and produced by me, Adam Weber, Allison Joy, and Catherine Isaac. We also serve as executive producers. At The Documentary Group, our executive producer is Joe Batsilowitz, with production oversight by Stacey Kleeker and additional support from Tom Yellen and Gabrielle Tenenbaum. Our iHeart team is supervising producer Casey Peckham and executive producer Maya Howard. Editing assistance from producers Christina Loringer and Joey Pat. Original music by Ilan Isikoff. Production counsel by Sloss Eckhouse dasty Haynes-Laco. Clearance counsel by Ballard Spar. Fact-checking assistance by Megan Trout. Research assistance by Sophia Durso and Emily Eng. Special thanks to my husband, Jordan Siegel, Rosemary Sullivan, author of the book, Stalin's Daughter, and Harold Zellman and Roger Friedland, authors of the book, The Fellowship, who kindly granted permission to include excerpts from their taped interview with Svetlana. Excerpts from Svetlana Aluyeva's book, The Faraway Music, are provided by Chris Evans and performed by Cassie Greer.